When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our 80s fantasy film celebration with a look at probably the most popular one we are doing of the four and the most beloved by critics as well. Although this movie was a box office failure, and that is The Princess Bride from 1987. The Princess Bride was directed by Rob Reiner, written by William Goldman, and it was based upon his book as well. If you don't know, William Goldman is considered um, like the pinnacle screenwriter. He is considered like the godfather of screenwriting, honestly. So, I mean, he's written screenwriting books. He's just, he's very, very famous in the screenwriting community, if you didn't already know that. Um, And The Princess Bride, if you don't know what The Princess Bride is about, I'm really shocked. But I will read to you anyway the little brief little IMDb description. While homesick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads him the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. It stars Carrie Elways as Wesley, Robin Wright as the Princess Bride, or introducing Robin Wright when you watch it back. I'm like, oh yeah, she was just a soap opera star when this was on. She was in a soap opera right before this. And I remember that because I was really into soap operas growing up. Uh, Mandy Patinkin as Anigo Montoya, Chris Sarandon as Prince Humperdinck, and a bunch of countless others, such as um, Andre the Giant, as Fezik, uh, Fred Savage as the grandson, and tons of other people in this movie. Um, and like I said, this was a box office failure, but it is a critics did like it. I have been reading the critic scores for all of these. This one has a 77 on Metacritic. And like I've said before, Metacritic is considered the quote unquote more prestigious one. So this is the highest one yet. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 97 in critics. It scores higher than the audience score. The audience score is 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's very rare that that happens, but it happened with this one. And I'll be sharing a little story about my first time seeing this movie in the theater when we get to our overall thoughts on the film and whether or not it holds up. But before we get deep into The Princess Bride, I'm going to go around and have my lovely, beautiful panelists introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're into right now in pop culture. Carla. Hi. Thank you once again, Erin, for letting me come back. (laughs) Letting you come back. (laughs) 
for permitting me to come back. And this week, what I'm into, and uh, okay, the the finale of Ms. Marvel aired this week, and it was so good. The whole show was so good. Uh, I don't, well, I do understand why people criticize it so hard, and a lot of it has to do with Islamophobia and racism and all kinds of things like that. But the the young lady who plays um, Kamala is so great. Like she really, she's just this lovable, lovable person, and she's she also gets across so much emotion with just a little look or with the with a sigh. And she's she acts like an actual teenager, and I love that because she's an actual teenager, which I'm glad to see that you know. That people are casting actual teenagers to be to play teenagers again. I, that's that's huh, revolutionary. <laughs> revolutionary. I like. That. <laughs> Imagine that. Yes, and and spoiler on our next episode since we've already recorded it. Somebody else is into the same exact thing that Carla is into. So maybe that will be the new "Our flag means death." I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So Danelle, what are you into right now? Thank you. And thank you for having me back to Aaron. I'm glad I was permitted to come back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad to be back. Um, what am I into this week? So uh, I'm actually rereading one of my favorite books, The Outsiders by Essie Hinton. I've read that book probably a dozen times growing up, and it's just still one of my favorites. I have entire mem- you know, passages memorized. It's just, it's a classic, and it always kind of a comfort book. And then I've been watching a really wonderful new show on AMC called Dark Winds. Um, and if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. It's kind of supernaturally um, detective um, show it takes place in the Southwest. It's an all pretty much native cast and crew. Um, so I'm always a big supporter of indigenous film and, and t- television. So please check it out. I think you'll like it. So it's, I was actually thinking of you when I first watched it. I was like, oh, I got to tell Aaron about this because I know your love of kind of that supernatural horror stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of creep no, factor kidding. to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of creep factor, but um, some good action and some a great cast um, produced by some big names like Robert Redford and George R. R. Martin, strangely enough. Yeah, Chris Iyer is also involved. He did Smoke Signals, um, which is one of my all-time favorite indigenous films. So it's got some great names attached. Yeah, it's got some great names attached, and and rightfully so. It's getting a lot of buzz, so I think it's worth it. It's well done. Awesome. Yeah, and and then The Outsiders is S.E. Hinton. The the fact that I I don't like her personally anymore, used to, and then, but her books... And the outsiders in particular, and a couple of other ones mean like um, that was then, this is now, and stuff. Her books mean so much to me growing up. I loved them. It was just like her and Judy Bloom uh, were like my, yes. you know, adolescents. Yes. And yeah. and the outsiders is one of my absolute all time favorite movies too. And so we definitely need to do an episode about that movie at some point. Oh, and, yeah. You know. Yeah, How about the movie still. or the book? The Outsiders? The movie. Oh. The movie. Never mind then. Well, no, we can do comparing, but I <laughs> but I would want to do like the movie just because the movie the movie in some respects means more to me than the book in some way. Just I don't I can't really quite explain that, but 
Uh, but yeah, so I, I, but I like both of those a lot. Uh, sign sign me up either way. And and I know Sasha would want to be on that one. Um, uh, yeah. So <laughs> putting the putting the faults of putting my issues with the author aside, but uh, so Paula, what are you into right now? What I'm into this week, I'm, I'm sorry, Carla. I, I'm just want to say that now. But I've been listening to Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> <laughs> Another one bites the dust. <laughs> It's it's a lot of fun. Um, Meg Meg gushed about it on our uh, what we're into episode, and I started listening to it. And we've been messaging back and forth. She's like, "You gotta say it on the next one you're on." So I promised her I would. So, and it's true. That's what I'm into. I've been listening to it all week. I just love that Aaron's face is like, "I thought I was done with this." Meg's not here this week. I was not expecting to be attacked yet again. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm gonna burst. I mean, she Meg is um, in the wild blue yonder. <laughs> Don't worry, anybody. Yeah. She's not dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. <No. laughs> I'm very sorry to announce that Meg is gone for a few weeks. For a few weeks. <laughs> I learned that from Christian Bale. That dramatic pause. <laughs> I will be able to be meeting Meg in person really soon. So other my other Colorado folks, I'll be in touch to see about um us somehow carpooling and doing a journey. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. to go see Meg. Um but yes. So I think what that's about? hilarious. Okay. Well, uh what I was going to say I was into, I actually can't remember the name of what I was originally going to say I was into. This is where my brain is. I apologize. But right before we recorded, this is the cheesiest, stupidest thing. So right before we were going to record, I'm like, oh, I've got like 20 minutes to kill. I'll just put on something stupid and mindless and I won't get into it. So I put on this reality show on ABC that's you can watch it on Hulu. The first episode is available called Claim to Fame. And <laughs> Carl's face. And I am so hooked on this. I haven't finished the first episode because we had to start recording. But what it is, is it's all these people who are related to famous people in some way go and move into a house together. It's hosted by two of the Jonas brothers. And people have to try and see if they can guess who they're related to. And they give little like clues and then they give lies and then that and someone gets eliminated. I haven't gotten to that one the first one. And unfortunately, there's only one episode streaming right now. Maybe there'll be two by the time this episode drops. But um, it's 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 really fun. And I am so s- upset that I am hooked on this show like, <laughs> immediately. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and and guessed one of them like instantly i mean she there are two people that reveal who they're related to and then everybody else has it and i'm like why did two people reveal and one of them was like well you both are like twins and everybody in the house has guessed who this person is related to except for one person so yeah i don't know so that's on hulu and then i'm also going to quickly mention because i know i will forget it by the time we record our next episode i watched this horror movie horror comedy thriller movie last night um called spree 
and I don't know if anybody else has heard about this. This is on Hulu, and this uh, stars um, Joe Keery, who is best known for playing Steve Harrington, the best character on Stranger Things, and the character that had at that honestly of any TV show has had the best character. Uh, trajectory and character growth i have never seen a character written so well where you go from absolutely hating him he was my least favorite character in the first season to he's my absolute favorite character now uh, it's amazing and i think joe and i think it's because of the actor i mean they were going to kill the character off and everything so i think it's because the actor he's not playing a nice guy in this and then also um sashir zamata is the other one and then david arquette is like in it as uh, Joe Curie's dad and what this is about is it's basically um I'll read the thing thirsty for a following Kurt Kunkel played by Joe Curie is a rideshare driver who has figured out a deadly plan to go viral and literally deadly like it's all about our obsession with fame and our obsession with social media and he's killing people while he's driving in a spree because they because um, they couldn't use Lyft or Uber <laughs> so. So that's on Hulu. It's it's fun. I will not say I'm not going to say it's like a top tier horror film, but it's it's fun. And I think it's because of the main performance. So, yeah. And David Arquette is a total sleazebag in it, but it's fun. OK, so let's get into The Princess Bride. So I'm going to go around first and I want to ask everybody what your overall thoughts are on the film and if your feelings on the film have changed at all, Carla. Overall, I really I I. I still love this movie. I, I've, I think it's a great fantasy. I think that it has so many elements that are so unique and special to it that, you know, bringing in the kid with the grandpa. So you have this outer shell of a story and then you have the core story and you have adventure and drama and romance and revenge and you know, near drownings and, uh, 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 what is it called? The quicksand, which by the way, all right, media overprepared us for the possibility of quicksand because everything was like quicksand this and quicksand that. And, you know, like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much quicksand when you grow up. Um, I have yet to encounter a situation in which I have to put my quicksand skills to the test. And not that I'm complaining, it does not look like a good time, but I think maybe that could have been better spent on things like, you know, don't spend all of your salary on, uh, on chocolate, Carla, you know, like that would have been, that would have come in a lot more handy to 16 year old me, but you know, I was ready for quicksand, but I still think it holds up really well from the first time that I watched it to the most recent time that I watched it, which was earlier today. Uh, and I have watched it many, many more times in between those two periods of time, in case you were wondering. I also, I, I read the book and it, I, it's a fun book, but the movie I think is definitely better. And the performances are just outstanding and, and they, there's not a lot in there that I'm like, ew, that's kind of just really cringy, you know, like. There may be one or two parts that I can't even really recall at this very second, but I, I just think it's it's pretty solid. And Danelle? Uh, the Princess Bride is one of my all-time favorites. It's just, it's one of my all-time favorite films. It's 
It's got everything. It's got adventure, romance, and fantasy, and humor, and all of that. Um, it's just so much fun. Um, I've loved it since I the first time I saw it. I love the book as well. Um, the performances are amazing. Um, you know, Carrie always, I mean, he was just so dreamy in that movie. <laughs> and like, you know, um, just his little flop of hair in the very beginning, you know. And when he says, as you wish, you're just like, ah! die died right there you know and robin wright is so beautiful and she's like the epitome of the the blonde princess you know um and of course just the humor i mean andre the giant was so popular in, in the wrestling world and just to see him be this lovable dorky kind of character and, you know mandy Binkin is just he's an brilliant actor and amazing and if you're not following him on tiktok i highly recommend it he's hysterical he is out That's of very true. Him his, yeah him and his wife they do like funny stuff his son it, like films him it's just funny um anyway he's fantastic so i mean there's nothing bad about the movie i can't think of anything like really i mean from start to finish there really isn't anything it's just it's held up it's i just rewatched it today for like the hundredth time i think i've seen this movie and i still smile every time i see it you know it just still makes me happy so and in times like this we need it <laughs> right it's like yeah for sure very true very true and paula i don't think i've ever met anybody that doesn't like this movie that's true. And if they don't, then they're not worth knowing. <laughs> Agreed. Just my Agreed. personal opinion. I I think it's... Surprise, so I hate right. it. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron, I'm out. Bye. But I, I think if, if, if I was asked to name a perfect movie, this is the first one that comes to mind. I think it holds up really well for all of the reasons that have already been stated. It's It's a lot of fun. It's endlessly quotable everybody everybody knows a, a quote from princess bride everybody knows as you wish where that you know what that is and it's just it is it's just don't ever remake this movie because you can't improve upon perfection yeah yeah and i mean when i was it's on disney plus for our listeners if you if you want to know where it is and i it's funny because I never watched Disney Plus, but I watched it for this and Willow, which is the next one that's coming up. And so both of those are on there if you want to know. Um, and if you watch one, it on it automatically says, "Do you want to watch this one?" <laughs> <laughs> um, next. But I remember when this came out in the theater, and this is one of my fondest memories of seeing a movie in a theater. There was a movie theater here in Colorado called the Cooper Theater, and it was the best theater that has ever existed, ever. And it is such a tragedy that this theater got turned into like an audio store and all these other places. I don't even know what it is now. And it was like an experience going there. It, I mean, you felt like you were going back to like the first time people ever watched movies. And I mean, it had a balcony and the way the screen was, it was like a curved screen and had a little stage up front. And when I went and saw it, they had theater performers come before it started and do a little mini performance dressed up, like basically doing cosplay. Didn't know that that's what they were doing. 
beforehand. And that's another reason this is one of my most favorite experiences and memories of going to see a movie in a theater. And it's very heartbreaking to me that this was a box office failure. I mean, not anymore because it's, I mean, it's got such a huge following and it's so beloved. But when it came out in the 80s, it was, which I always forget that until you go back and look and go, oh yeah, this wasn't really a big success. But it was such a memorable experience that it stuck with me and it made me love the movie even more. And, you know, I want to say all the movies we've been covering, even Willow, which I've, I've said before is my least favorite of these and one that I really didn't like when it first came out. But all of these, I think, especially with a lot of my panelists that were, you know, Gen X or um, are, you know, older millennials and stuff, these movies mean something to us in a different way, I think. And it's, it represents a big portion of our childhood. And so I think, I think that's why, like, when we talked about Labyrinth and Legend, how, you know, Sasha kept saying, I don't care that there's problematic elements. I don't care because I love this movie so much and it means so much to my heart and to me as a child. And I think that even though I don't think there are problematic elements necessarily in this movie, but I think that's the same thing for this one. This holds such a special place for that child in me, for that child that loved wonder and um, acting and performing and living in another kind of world. That's what this, this holds a special place and the romantic in me and all that kind of stuff. You know, I just, it really holds up and it is one you can quote endlessly. When I was watching it yesterday, um, my sister walked in and she immediately, she's like, I can recite this whole movie. And she starts reciting lines and lines because it's just, it's one of those films that just really, really, really holds up. And I love it as much now as I did then. So, yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, well, there are a lot of characters. Um, and I know, I mean, if we were to go through all, we'd be here forever. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> but we are going to go through three of them. And then like we've been doing with all the other ones, then we'll, everyone will get a chance to name another character that they love. So we're going to start first with Wesley, played by Carrie Elways. So what are your overall thoughts on Wesley and then also the performance? I, Carla. you know, with Wesley, he's the, the dreamy prince type he's not a prince but he's a prince type and he's you know he starts off as the the noble stable boy and he's just there and he's falling in love with this woman and he's being so sweet about it and he's not being pushy or weird and it's like also this this kind of secret love that he's hiding and then they suddenly get together and yes that part goes by so fast that i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, I typically like a slow burn. And the film's like, but wait, there's more. And then he disappears. And then he comes back. And he comes back as a pirate. And he's dressed in hot pirate clothes, which, I mean, who who doesn't like that? I, honestly, like, just, that's just a win, no matter what. Um, And the thing is, you know, when I 
first watched the movie and then my my first 3000 views of it for the longest time it was just like oh he's just so perfect he's so wonderful he's so perfect and then as i've watched it more recently um because when he confronts buttercup when they have like that that three minute confrontation at the top of the hill before he falls he goes like rolling down and and he's like well the person i love would never have just gone off and married some other dude after she swore her eternal love to me and buttercup's like you don't know anything about love and he's like wanna bet rolls off a cliff as you wish in the most passive aggressive way that you could possibly say i love you to somebody it's like oh i'm not good enough for you well I love you, or whatever, rolls downhill. And I'm like, okay, Wesley, I don't know why you're being so extra. Like, it's not like, you didn't exactly send a pigeon or anything to say, hey, I fell off a ship. Oopsie, but I'm still alive. No, it was just, he was presumed dead. So, like, that's the one thing where I'm like, bro, you gotta chill. But other than that, he's, you know... (laughs) He's near perfect and he's so handsome and charming and on top of that so skilled in absolutely everything. And he has developed a tolerance for poison just for kicks. So I, I like a prepared man. And I, I think that he is like total um he's like uh, what is it, a Swiss army knife, you know, he has a tool for every occasion. He's also so funny. I mean everybody in this film is funny, you're kinda kind of have to be but he has a uh well this goes also to carrie always though because he is so good at playing off of everybody else and i think carrie always has kind of made a career of playing really roguish um charming um dudes and i'm thinking specifically of this role and also in his role in the tv show psych where he's like um, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? I don't know, but he's really cool. And he just has great chemistry with everybody in the film. And I think that, that the chemistry between him and Robin Wright is so good. It just really feels like it, it, that's part of why I think I love it. And I've loved it for so long is that that fantasy of that romance just it just feels like it could be real. Like, oh my God, maybe I'm a princess. I'm like, I don't even know it. And some guy that I kind of like is going to go and, and you know, have his boat taken over. He'll come back with like a cool pirate clothing. And he'll like, you know, save me from his world. Yeah, it's all of these fantastical things that, that we want to believe can be true. And it's possible in part because his portrayal is so... um faithful to that prince fantasy that a lot of us um, have or had or still have, you know, whatever you do you. (laughs) Yes. I think Carrie always was had his most roguish charming charm when he was in the movie saw. (laughs) Absolutely. How could you not think that? Like, oh, okay, maybe just a pinky tee. I straight up forgot about Saw. <laughs> I had to say that. Yeah, I straight up not even remember that he was in that. <laughs> so, Danelle, what are your overall thoughts on Wesley? 
Oh my gosh. Um, Wesley is obviously, he's the epitome, right, of that charmish, roguish character that Carla was saying. I can't imagine anyone else playing him. Um, I just can't imagine anybody else that carry is. And it, it's, it just speaks volumes to who he is as an actor and how talented he is. Um, I mean, from start to finish, he just commands every scene, you know? Like, he's just... He's there um, going from the sweet farm boy to this, you know, dread pirate Roberts and, you know, um, saving Buttercup and all of that. And it's just fun. It's just pure fun to watch him on the screen. And um, I know we'll get to it probably, but the fight scene, the sword, the sword scene between him and Mandy Patinkin is just so freaking brilliant. And they did their own stunts. And, uh, you know, I did a little prep. Um, before we obviously came here to do the podcast today and I was reading about how many months they took to train and it's just phenomenal I mean they did all of their own stunts the only thing he didn't do was like the I think the the giant uh the leap the circle uh, or whatever on the on the I forget what they would call it in gymnastics but you know what I'm saying <laughs> like yeah the cartwheel um that was the only yeah, yeah. Thank you, Carly. Yeah, that's the only thing he didn't <laughs> he didn't um, he didn't do. So uh, amazing, you know. Props to him and Mandy Patinkin for for that. Um, but I, I adore him. I've been a fan of his for a long time. Um, I got to talk to him when he was here for um, several years ago for Comic Con, and he was the most delightful. That accent, I could have just melted and listened to him all day. <laughs> Um, and he was just the sweetest. So, and I brought one of his first movies, if you haven't seen it, it's called Lady Jane. Um, with a very young, he's very, very young in that. I think they, he was like 18 when he made that movie with Helen, Helena Bonham Carter. Um, and it's the life of Lady Jane Grey. And they are adorable in it. Um, absolutely amazing film. Patrick Stewart's in it. Um, he plays his own ancestor. I didn't even know that he was related to <laughs> Guilford Dudley, who's who he plays, and told me that when I met him at Comic-Con. So it was kind of fun to talk to him about that. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you get a chance, go meet him. And just because um, I know it will be asked if I don't ask this, so how how many months did they train? I think it was something like three to six months. They spent quite a bit of time okay. training from what I was reading. So Paula, I know you have also met Carrie Elways because you told an amazing story about that on our conventions episode. Go listen to that. So what are your thoughts on the character? And then you can also retell that story too. He he is kind of the embodiment of that old school, like charming swashbuckling hero that you would see in like the Errol Flynn movies, which is really dating myself because I used to watch those when I was little. Um, I'm not that old but you know they were still kind of around then um <laughs> gen x okay i'm gen x and he just exudes that that okay he exudes that charm in real life too because yes i have met him and he is fantastic um but yeah he is just that embodiment of as 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 wesley is that 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 great swashbuckling you know hero that sweeps in and saves the damsel in distress which you know a lot of little girls would you know dream of that kind of thing and uh yeah it was just 
you know, his, his performance with Mandy Patinkin and then his, uh, with, with Wallace Shawn, that whole battle of wits, that was a lot of fun. Um, you just never knew what was going to happen. And, you know, obviously we do now cause we, you know, have that scene memorized, <laughs> but, um, just a great character, great performance. And if you get a chance to see him in a convention, he tells the most amazing behind the scenes stories. He's a great storyteller. Um, so highly recommend seeing him. And yes, I did get to um, have a, a experience with him. My sister and I were there getting a photo op taken. We were at the front of the line and they were telling people, you know, please don't, don't, don't touch, you know, no hugs, nothing like that. Some actors, some performers don't, don't want to do that, which is fine. So we were standing there waiting and he's, he's in there. They're doing some of the test shots to make sure the camera and lighting are all right. And he comes over and he introduces himself to my sister and I takes our, shakes our hands, guides us over to where we're supposed to take the photo. We take this photo. He guides us over to where we're supposed to leave. He thanks us for coming. He gives my sister a hug, which I, at that point, I was just like, okay, this is perfect. And I wasn't <laughs> expecting anything more. And then he turns to me, thanks me for coming and gives me a hug. And my sister practically had to drag me out. <laughs> I love when you told me before I recommended this episode. It was, it was, it was amazing. And the people in line behind us, as we were walking out to get our pictures, are like, next time we're coming with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun and uh, my sister gave me a lot of crap the rest of the day because I was just walking on cloud nine <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah I got a hug from Carrie always okay I feel like I'm walking yeah. on cloud nine and this was I don't know how long ago and it did not happen to me and we've never even met right <laughs> I know I was watching Carla's face during the time or the whole time you were telling that story and she had the same reaction that I had when you first told us that story and I remember I think I even said what would have made it just even like the cherry on the top as if he would have said as you oh, <laughs> oh that would have been that would, oh my god yeah would have yeah the thing is Erin the thing that you don't realize is this is not the first time I've heard the story because I listened to that episode <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was- <laughs> I'm going to be just like every single time that I hear it, Paula, I will be in heart eyes for the rest of the of the day. I just want you to know that this, that's the power of that story. Oh, it was it was it was an amazing experience. So seriously, if you ever get a chance to meet him, he is just as charming as you think he is. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to tell you guys my story when we come around again. Okay. Unless you want me to tell it now. Uh, go ahead. Tell it now. Yes, he's he. Polly, you are so dead on. He is the most charming, one of the most charming people I've ever met in person, as far as actors. Um, so when I met him, it was pre-COVID, um, and everybody was there, of course. Princess Bride, everybody had Princess Bride stuff, you know, to get the autographed, and there was a lot of cosplay. It was wonderful, um, and I had my Lady Jane DVD, you know, his first movie. I didn't, you know, and I thought he's probably going to think I'm the biggest idiot. And I get it up there and he literally sees it, grabs it out of my hand, holds it up and he goes, oh, Lady Jane. And he was so excited, you guys. He was so excited to see it. He hugged me like three times. Just so thrilled to see it. He couldn't believe that I had this movie. Um, he talked about how wonderful Helena was and how young they were. And I told him how much that movie like inspired me to get into um, British history, right? You know, And that's when he told me that he was playing his you know, several times over removed uncle. 
um, Guilford Dudley in the movie, you know, he's like, I didn't know he was British royalty, but he is like, he was related to British royalty. So he was talking about that. And that was so cool. He was just, he was so fun. He was so fun. They tried to hurry us along because we kept talking <laughs> and he basically shushed them and chatted with me for a while. Yeah, he was just thrilled to, to see the movie. So I was I was really happy that I made him happy, you know, um, by yeah. bringing that. And like I said, I got three or four hugs. So I was over the moon. He was just, uh, yeah, he's a doll. See, it's so. when, when you're able to meet people and they actually are nicer than what you expect and they don't have an ego about them. That's pretty remarkable. So. Those are quality interactions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Carla's going to just faint. Um, well, I have not met Carrie Ellis. Hopefully someday I will and then I can have my own little story to tell. But I do love this character very charming, very uh, roguish, very, um, you know, I think he's sexier when he's the pirate, when he's wearing the pirate <laughs> garb, especially now. I mean, I think when I was young, I was like, oh, he's so cute and dreamy. But now that I'm older, I'm like, that is really sexy. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, when he, he's got his whole pirate garb on, it's very, very attractive, very hot um, to look at. So yeah, yeah. And I, but I will say, I'm like, how could she not know that this is Wesley? <laughs> well, we could also ask the same thing of Lois Lane. It. I mean, the, the bars and the yeah, floor when it comes to some of these things. Suspend. Yeah. And Lois, yeah. okay. Well, it, Sorry. I'm like. It had been it had been five years. So I mean. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so like, Lois Lane is even worse because they see each other regularly. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> that curl, those glasses, what? Yeah, uh, but I, but you know, not much else to add with what everybody has said because I just agree and just ditto and and I also really love. I don't know why this is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when um, Buttercup when she's Princess Buttercup after she gets married and she's about to kill herself and Wesley's on the bed and he's like. It would be a shame to, you know, ruin such perfect breasts. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, it's the way he says it, the line delivery. I think it's just, it's so great. It's one of the best lines ever because that line is, I think, one of the trickiest lines in the movie, honestly, because that could come across as icky in anyone else's hands or in any other director's hands, any other writer's hands. But I think the way it's delivered, the way it's written, uh, the scene that it comes in, it comes off as very sexy and romantic and sweet and loving. And it really, to me, shows that he loves every single inch of this woman, both physically and mentally. And, you know, it's amazing that a line about talking about how perfect your breasts are is like that. But it's like one of those lines that you're like, you hope some guy someday says to you, it would be a shame to ever ruin per the perfect breasts like that because it is. It's just oh, it's just it's swoon worthy. It really is. It's it's amazing how still to this day, watching it yesterday, I was like, it's still swoon worthy line. <laughs> it's still a great line. That doesn't mean, guys, that most of the time it'll be a swoon worthy <laughs> line. I really do think a lot of the credit goes to Carrie Elway's, <laughs> honestly. He has I don't the think... charm to pull it off. <laughs> exactly. I don't think a lot of guys could pull that off, honestly. <laughs> I think a lot of guys might get smacked. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't randomly go up to people with breasts and say, yeah. 
you know, something like, oh, the most, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It would be a shame. Shut up. Are you Carrie Ellis? Yeah. Then shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it only works in this situation, <laughs> really. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to the Princess Bride, a.k.a. Princess Buttercup, played by Robin Wright. So what are your overall thoughts on her and the performance, Carla? Well, you know, I think that... I, I love her and I think it's there's a lot of just emotional attachment there and nostalgia because Buttercup is not given a whole hell of a lot to do. She's there to be pretty and wantable and to ride a horse um like side saddle and to fall into quicksand. We talked about quicksand and she exemplified how you should not fall into it, this whole thing. But Yes, she's not given a whole lot to do, but I think that the reason that that Buttercup is still so beloved is not just because you're told that she is worth that love. I think that Robin Wright plays her in a way that there's a lot of strength that comes through the performance that may not have been there necessarily on paper. Because the scenes when um when she's suffering as Wesley is no more, as far as she knows. And, you know, oh no, Wesley, what shall I do? I guess I'll marry this guy. Um, but there, there's, in those little bits, there's a lot of pathos that comes through. And there's so much resilience in her performance and in the way that she interacts with Humperdinck. Um, the way that she sasses Wesley when he rescues her, she's not just like, oh, thank you. Oh, let's go and make love behind these bushes. She's like, bro, the hell? Who do you think you are talking to me like this? Um, at no point is she a pushover. She 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 makes demands that I think maybe in, a, in another performance might have come across as like whiny and demanding and just like being like, oh. But you said that you were going to send your whole navy, and like I don't think that you did, and I don't like that. I'm so sad. She she um she makes you feel her her anger and her feeling of betrayal, which I think is even more important than just pining and sadness, because it's not just about the romance at that point. It's about you know, th this guy giving his word that something would happen and then not following through and her um, having so much faith in Wesley until um, Humperdick rushes the wedding and she feels like, okay, well, that's it. I'm going to take matters into my own hands, which, you know, triggering stuff. But at the same time, she's not resigned to some fate. She... At all times that she can, is um, tries to exert as much of her agency over her own life as she is able, and she falls on so gracefully when she's thrown from windows. Like I mean, who else kind of floats magically down into a horse, uh, into Andre the Giant's arms? Like I know that he's a strong dude and everything, but like that float was like like a ballet thing, like oh, plop. That's true. Gotta love it. <laughs> It's it's from her years on a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, Danelle, your thoughts? 
Oh, yes, Buttercup. <laughs> um, she is the epitome of the, the kind of perfect princess, you know, and I think she... I, I really like what you said, Carly, because I totally agree. I think there's a quiet strength to her that might have been lost if it wouldn't have been if, if she would have been played by somebody else. I think Robin Wright gives her this kind of quiet inner strength that even though she doesn't have a lot to do, um, like Carla said, it, it there's it's still projected. You know, you still feel her strength and her power as a woman, and you know she knows that she. Wesley, she has power over Wesley because he loves her so much and vice versa. And, you know, she's not going to be a victim to Hupperdink, you know, no matter what. And I kind of admire her resolve there, you know. Um, she's not going to to be a victim of this man, this this horrible Hupperdink. <laughs> um, sorry, the names are hilarious. <laughs> I, I love some of the names of the movie. It's just another aspect that's just fun. But, yeah, I think, um, again, I just, they could never remake this movie. I heard that there was a small rumor that they were going to try to do it yes. several years ago, and I'm so glad it never happened. They just can't. No, it's it's the no. epitome of the perfect cast, the perfect timing, the you know, all the cards. Nobody else could have played played her but Robin White, and I, she's an amazing actress. Yeah, she's an absolutely amazing actress. She did a, a movie recently where she goes off into the mountains, and I need to find the name of it. I'll try to find the name of it before oh, I know the what end. You're talking about. Mm -hmm. What's up? I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it was incredible. It was really, it was really, really incredible film. Um, so yeah, I've always admired her, um, and I've loved her since seeing her as you know Buttercup. So yeah, and Paula. Well, there's not a whole lot more to say that 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 hasn't already been said, but I will say this. I think every single one of the actors really brought something memorable to their characters and i think that's a big part of why this movie is so loved you know again robin wright didn't have a whole lot to do she you know she was there you know she had some great scenes with the other actors but there wasn't a big character arc for her but she still played it brilliantly and there was a lot of you know a lot of other uh, smaller parts that the actors were still just brilliant and I think that's a a real testament to why this film is so popular and so loved now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think that movie was Land. Was that the movie, Janelle? Okay, yeah, um, yeah. It. it was so good. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think of all the movies we are covering, and the main female characters in them which all of these movies there's really only one main female character in each one of these honestly uh but i think buttercup is the most passive of all of the females in these four films and i think the most active is um definitely jennifer connelly in, in labyrinth is the most active character um sarah is definitely um and but i think so i think robin wright's job is actually the hardest of all of the main characters because like everyone has said she's given very little on the page she's not written very well uh this is kind of a sign of the times in a way but in a way it's not as far as like in this genre they were trying to write women a little bit stronger sometimes although sometimes they go into those stereotypes like with legend where they would be the person who sets off all the evil to happen mm -hmm. of course uh because 
you know, it's a woman. So of course she's going to do that. Um, but, <laughs> but what Robin Wright does with this character. And I think it was also hard for her because she was coming from soaps and soap actors are so disrespected in the industry, which is ridiculous because they work, I think harder than a lot of other actors do because they have so much dialogue to memorize so much stuff to do. And any actor who's ever worked on a soap will tell you that they learn so much about the business from doing that and how to be on camera because so many actors on soaps come from the stage. And so they learn how to teach your marks, learn dialogue fast, all that kind of stuff. But at that time, especially soap actors were not necessarily taken that seriously. So for a soap actress to jump into this role that is thinly written and where she's a very passive character and not very active in this. And she's always being rescued, always having to be saved is a big, big job to take it on. And I think in a lot of other actresses hands, it might not have worked as well, but Robin Wright elevates material that she's given constantly anyway, because she can be given a lot of characters that are thinly written, sadly enough. And she always adds more depth to him. Um, she is another actor that does the eye acting thing really, really well. She gets a lot across. She has chemistry with basically every single person in this film. And that is also a remarkable talent. That's another sign of her talent. I can't imagine uh, anyone else in this role. Same with any of these other roles. But really in this because she would become just another princess. And she kind of elevates it to another level. And she does have some fight in her. Mm -hmm. And I think she adds that to the character. I don't think it's necessarily on the page. But she adds a lot more fight to the character and a lot more action than was previously there. And I just want to quickly comment on the on the quicksand thing. Because it is interesting. Because like what, what we when we were talking about legend and we talked about how unicorns were so huge in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Quicksand was too. Yeah. Wasn't there? I think it was a never ending story. Yes. There was a huge scene with quicksand. Yeah, which oh my god that scene was still is still traumatizing yes, yes. with the horse <laughs> yes i know that's yeah sorry i was not ready to discuss that Aaron. <laughs> right? i was choking us all down i was told this was gonna be a good time but I'm blaming you, Carla, because you're the one who brought up the quicksand. I only brought up the quicksand, not my horse. All you have to say is horse and quicksand, and every Gen X kid starts bawling. <laughs> that no. scene traumatized an entire generation. True, it did. I'm sorry. And I'm surprised we I didn't select that movie for this first time that we've ever done this. But I'm sure at some point we will talk about the uh, talk about Never Ending Story. But it is funny how there are these weird trends and weird things that come around every once in a while, uh, you know, that like stick like the unicorns and the quicksand. And it's like unicorns were everywhere and we were promised unicorns and they're not real. Well, yes, they are probably real. They're somewhere. <laughs> but, but anyway, it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, well, let's move on to Anigo Montoya, played by the amazing Mandy Patinkin. And um, Carla is already swooning over here. So, <laughs> Carla, your thoughts on this character and Mandy Patinkin. Okay. All right. Look, I know that Wesley is the big deal here. He's the the farm boy. and He's the as-you-wish guy. And he'll save you from rodents of unusual size and all of that. But Inigo Montoya is there to avenge his father and nothing else. He doesn't care about anything else, just vengeance. And he gets really, really upset when um, people are like, "Um, that's your whole thing. And he's like, yeah, and? And, you know, you got to love a guy who is dedicated to a cause. You know, he's persistent. He has worked very hard to achieve the skills that he has, um, you know, gotten over time. He's ambidextrous, which is can come in handy. No pun intended. <laughs> he, um, he has great people skills when he wants to have them. He is also so just tragic because uh, and I think uh, Megan and I covered recently this movie on our podcast Better Whatever Head and we talked about Inigo Montoya and Mandy Patinkin's portrayal of this character and how he approached this um, this character as somebody who is just dead serious He he's um Everybody else is having their adventures, but he is on a quest. And that really comes across. Like you you there's really no point at which his um his quest for the six fingered man comes across as, as silly. You know, it, it doesn't ever seem like a frivolous thing. And even though it, it is kinda like, okay, so you were how old and this is all you've done with your whole life and you're how old now? You know, but it, it everything is so believable because he truly believes that this is the most important thing. I and the reason that I swoon so hard is not just because he looks so hot and it despite the weird Spanish mullet, it's that he has such conviction and such passion. Um and that he, he takes he takes everything to heart and he takes everything really hard when it doesn't go the way that he had hoped and dreamed, you know. Um the fact that that he was hired out of alcoholism and that he, he did it not so much because he believed in Vizini's cause, but because it would hopefully one day bring him closer to his goal, and that he falls into despair when everything falls apart. But then he's um, brought back to life by the, the prospect of having his opportunity finally. 
his whole journey is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Like I said, this movie has like stories within stories within stories. And this is one of the the little side stories that I love the most. He, he It's just such a great character. The portrayal is so good. And the one really serious moment in the entire movie is when he faces off with um, with the man who killed his father. And that emotion when he finally kills him and says, you know, the guy's pleading for his life. And he says, promise me riches, promise me fame. Um, bring me back my dead father. And, you know, oh, you get chills just just watching it, just thinking about it, because it's such a serious moment for this character. And, and it's so final. He's getting his revenge. But this is the, the end of a whole saga for him. To us, this is just a, this quick little moment with a side character. But for him, it's everything. Oh my god, it's just such a masterful performance and such a brilliant, brilliant character arc. And it just, it, it makes me just want to cry and clap for him and all of these things. And I hope he went on to have wonderful um, adventures after that and that he's happier and maybe less burdened. Um, because I, this is one character he deserves in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And Danelle? Yeah, I, I agree with everything Carlos said too. I, Inigo is one of those great characters. He's just he's a he's an iconic character from a film. Everybody knows the famous line. I, you know, um, I was just reading that Manny Patinkin gets he said he somebody comes up to him like three times a day and <laughs> says the line, and he still loves it. Aww. And I I love that. I love that he embraces you know, how much how beloved the character is and how people know him as that, even though he's done. Oh my god, the man's got a like plethora of work out there that's phenomenal. Um, but um, Homeland, to name one, right? Like brilliant in that show. But anyway, the fact that he's embraced it and brought such an iconic character to life and and just continues to embrace it is pretty cool. And I I love the fact that he is the most the one serious, really serious or dark piece of the film is his, and it is such an iconic scene and such a gut-wrenching scene when he confronts the six-fingered man and I was wondering where all that came from and then I heard him speak about his father had passed from cancer a few years just a few years before they made the film and he was visualizing killing cancer oh my god that six-fingered man was representing cancer mm -hmm. to him and so when he says, I want my father back, you son of a bitch, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, wow. And that's why it, to me, it was so powerful. And I, it, I got it when I, when I heard him speak about that, I was like, wow, that makes sense. You know? So he's just an amazing actor, such a fun character, even in the, you know, his honor, you know, like when Wesley's coming up the, scaling up the hill, you know, the, the cliffs and he's like, Oh, take a rest, you know, like we'll get to it, you know, like, just their little their little interlude there is so much fun and again the physicality that you have to have to do that fight scene um it's funny i've seen it a dozen times and watching it again today i could not get over how technical um that fight scene was and how they did all their own stunts and just how brilliant it was done yeah. so yeah true true craftsmen um when it comes to the art of acting and how dedicated they were to that. 
Mm-hmm. So very cool. I love that scene. Sword fighting is cool. <laughs> I've always thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it. There's more artistry to it than I think a lot. Oh of yeah, it's sure, sure artistry. You mm-hmm. know, and the way that they choreographed, they were so in sync. You can tell how hard they worked on that. Um, you know, and all yeah. the effort they put into it. Yeah. And Paula. I think that was probably one of the most polite and mannerly duels I've ever seen on film. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I just I was thinking of that when I when I was watching it the other day. I'm like, but they're, they're they're so polite about it. You know, they're they're definitely fighting. You know, to to the death or whatever. But they're so nice and polite to each other about that's it. True. I loved that. I think I think he he was actually one of my favorite characters. You know, you know we love Carrie Elways and 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 the portrayal of Leslie, but Inigo and um, Fezzik actually those two together were were my favorite characters, and um and and their their friendship and it was you know just it was sweet. You know they were just they were just mm-hmm. so so fun together and uh, <laughs> the little scene on the boat where they're rhyming. <laughs> It gets me every time. It makes me giggle. Um, and the, the 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 fight scene at the end where he's facing off with the six fingered man. I remember watching that for the first time, and I was on the edge of my seat. Just mm-hmm. it had me, you know. It was it was so gripping, and it's still so powerful. Every time I watch it, it just really gets me, and it was so so moving <laughs> in this in this fun kind of comedic romp you have this very serious moment that kind of you know you're like oh this is this is not a funny you know thing this is this is serious to him and he, he's been you know working to this for his whole life practically okay and now what he's what is he gonna do yeah mm-hmm. and um it was just it was so it was so good i love mandy patinkin <laughs> Yeah, um, this is my favorite character in the movie, honestly. And I think the character with the most heart and who deserves the world. And Mandy Patinkin is a whole other level of skill um, in this movie. And he is just a force to watch and... He brings so much depth and vulnerability to this character. And, you know, he's not this vicious killer. He's not this vicious. uh, He is he is hell bent on revenge, but it's not where it's made him this cold and heartless person. He's just he's not. He's got too much heart. And I think that's kind of his problem. As far as like, you know, what, what he's dealing with and what he's trying to overcome. And I think, you know, he realizes that avenging his father's death, even though that's been his goal and his mission, how lonely that has made him throughout life. And how even when he's able to do that, it still doesn't appease that emptiness and that loneliness. And then he doesn't know what his life is going to be anymore. What is he going to do now that he's succeeded here? What is his life like over? Because that's been what his whole life has been about up until this point. And this little flicker of joy and um, like, you know, happy tears in his eyes 
when it's suggested, well, you know, have you, you know, when Wesley's like, have you ever considered piracy? Um, you know, is like just such a beautiful <laughs> moment because it's like he's lost and he doesn't know what else is going to happen in his life. And what does his life mean? And then it's like, oh, this glimmer of hope. Yeah. And maybe it can be a good life and he can have more stuff to do beyond here. And it's just a, a beautiful moment and a beautiful scene. And this is a lovely character. And Mandy Patinkin is just beyond brilliant in this role. And um, once again, can't imagine anyone else playing this role. I don't think anyone could. No one else could. He owns this role. He owns the scenes he's in. Uh, he plays so well off of everybody. I love the chemistry he has with Fezzik and that he has with uh, Wesley as well. Mm -hmm. And I love that um, his relationship with Wesley, you know, it is a very polite little battle they have there. They're very polite with each other. And I love that it ends up being such a great friendship. And you can see the seeds of that friendship when they're first battling together, you know. So I, I, I like that element so much where it, you know, this could have been a character that could have been like killed off pretty quickly. Um, and it's just, you're just so glad he wasn't because he's so essential to the whole story. And like I said, my, my favorite, favorite character. Okay. I know this is going to be really hard in to choose in a movie like this, but Carla, what's one other character you want to give a shout out to? It really is hard. There are so many great characters who are still left to, to talk about. But the one that I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the grandfather. He, you know, yes, there are a lot of great ones still in the actual story. But the grandfather is the one who, he has to put up with this bratty grandkid. <laughs> but he, he, he shows up for him because he loves him so much. And he reads them this story and the kid has to warm up to the story. And it's just, it's so beautiful the way that he is trying to connect with his grandson on the grandson's level through a story, which is, stories are, are just one of those amazing things in humanity that connect us. Our ability to share stories to imagine something together is just one of the most beautiful parts of, of being human. And this is why we're on a podcast like this. We're, we're talking about a story. Um, this is why we watch things and we we're so eager to share them with our loved ones, because by sharing a story that you enjoy, you're sharing a little bit of yourself. It's also why we, we hate watch things together, but that's another way to share a story. <laughs> You know, that's still bonding over a story, I think. But the, this um, and and the the grandparent grandchild dynamic can be so special. And at a time when you know when you're kind of outgrowing being called, you know, your your grandpa's little boy, come here, give me kisses. He, he he's at that age where the little boy's at that age where he's like, no, gross, you know, but. He ends up enthralled by the story um, and gets taken care of in a way that is something that I think would be a beautiful memory for a child to have of their grandparent. So it, it just, it always, 
the, the as you wish that makes me teary is when the grandfather says it at the end when he's leaving and the son says can you come back tomorrow and read it again as you wish that's the one where i get teary that's where i'm I'm like start blubbering because all of this high fantasy and and you know things to slay and you know traps to avoid and to a love it's amazing and fun but the more relatable and tangible one is the story between the grandfather and his grandkid and um that wrap up of the film really really touches my heart and it's because peter falk his performance was so perfect in this film it was so beautiful and it and it was so loving like the way that he said it it it's just pure love and it shows you that there are so many ways to say i love you that that don't have to be romantic there's so many ways to love somebody so yeah yeah okay like those little bits in that <laughs> film melt my heart well well said and danelle Ugh, this is tough <laughs> um yeah the grandfather's a great choice i love that for me, it would have to probably come down to Miracle Max and his wife or Fezzik. Shout out, shout out to Andre the Giant as well. Um, Miracle Max is just, I mean, Billy Crystal is just, they're hardly on the screen, but I mean, they're so memorable. You cannot forget him. And he ad-libbed most of those lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had to remove like people from set who were in the scene because they couldn't keep their crap together. Like Carrie always <laughs> had to be yeah, just some really funny stuff like that. Um, but I was reading about um yeah, him and Carol Kane are just hysterical together. You know, I mean Adlin Storm in the Castle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how can you forget those little those little lines? So yeah, so many memorable characters from the movie. I mean, there's so many. I mean, you hinted at it, Carla. Mavage, you know the the, the vicar. Like you, you say, all you have to say is the word marriage, and everybody knows who you're talking yeah. about. Like what true world? You know, like, it's just yeah, so many memorable, but. Uh, Billy Crystal's probably my favorite, and of course, Andre the Giant. I mean, he was just, he was perfect. Who else could have played Fezzik? You know, just such a gentle guy, and, you know, I, I heard great stories about him, read great stories about him from being on the set, and just how much fun they had with him. So. Mm-hmm. So, Paula? I think I'm going to have to choose Vicini. Um, he was only in a couple of scenes, but again, his scenes are so memorable mm-hmm. and so quotable. Um, <laughs> my my dad and I quote movies to each other all the time, and this is one of the big ones that we that we do is is Princess Bride. And he, like I said, he's only in a couple of scenes, but every scene that he's in is is just so fun to watch it's so memorable it, i mean it, again nobody else could play that part yeah i mean we've said it about all of the actors they just <laughs> the casting on this was so perfect and everybody did such a wonderful job i, I don't know <laughs> there's not much more you could say <laughs> yeah yeah it's perfect it's a perfectly cast film 
Yeah, it's really hard to choose. I, I, and and it's not because, and I don't like this character necessarily. As for, I mean, the movie wouldn't work without him. But I don't really necessarily like Prince Humperdinck. But I'm only calling Prince Humperdinck out because I really love Chris Sarandon, mm. and I don't think Chris Sarandon gets enough credit. And I don't think his performance necessarily gets enough credit in this movie as well. And and I've loved Chris Sarandon since uh, Fright Night. So <laughs> since the original <laughs> Fright Night, um, you know, playing the, the vampire next door. who was just he was just amazing in that. And he's really good in this, too, because he's such a scumbag. He's so sleazy and he's going to kill Princess Buttercup after they're married. And he's just no good and his parents are like amazing and he's just <laughs> this awful awful bad seed kind of thing but he plays those kind of characters so well he does it in this really really interesting way because he's so sleazy and then he tries to add in sexiness and sometimes it works <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't and he also has a lot of fear in here and he's also a complete mm -hmm. and total coward mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to do anything himself he wants yeah. everybody else to do everything for him and he's a liar and all that and so it's weird i know to call him out but it's mainly because i think the performance is so good and it gets overshadowed by everybody else because it's not as showy but it's still a hard role to play because when you're playing a role that isn't as showy when you're acting along people that are just like boom, 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 always on. That's a big job to take on because you still have to be able to get the character across. And he does. He does a really, really good job with it. Yeah. And then I just want to shout out Christopher Guest's performance mm -hmm. in here because you forget it's Christopher Guest. I mean, Christopher Guest to me is like, you know, best in show and welcome to, and um, waiting for Guffman and, and Spinal Tap and all of those. He's not this. I mean, he is like, I mean, as as Count Rogan, he is creepy as hell. And when he is doing the torture sequence and wanting mm. to know how, uh, the pain and he's getting off on that in this really sick, sadistic way, he's so dang good. Because this is totally out of the realm of what you normally think of when you think of Christopher Guest. So I just wanted to shout out his performance. Okay, well, I forgot to ask before we started, but, and, and as I've said before, we do not have the song, the music yet. We have the words, but we do not have the music yet for Six Degrees of Finn Wit Rock, because it's time to play Six Degrees of Finn. Um, and because I got COVID and because of everything coming up with San Diego Comic-Con, I did not have time to find any music to go with this. So I'm hoping before September, <laughs> that's my new goal. <laughs> I want it way before then, but I'm hoping before September we will have music. So this still gives you time, people, if you want to give us some music to go with this. We'll, you know, get you together with getting the lyrics and everything. Carla, of course, will be singing this. The only, the only other thing she, you know, is possibly a duet with you, Finn, if you, that's still on the table, if you want to do a duet about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this could happen because it would be so hysterical. <laughs> That would be amazing. Yes, Finn, if you are down to sing about yourself with me, I still do leave vocals, bro. Just because it's about you doesn't make it about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I know you've said you're not a good singer, but that that's okay. You can do like a backup. like um, Just so you know, uh, neither am I. Doesn't stop me. So... <laughs> 
yeah so so reach out to us um <laughs> if you want to do that but i forgot to ask my panelists i know carla's not playing but are danelle and paula playing no no let down again um <laughs> Last week, last week, I had lots of panelists playing with me. This week, God, <laughs> it's just me playing with myself. <laughs> no comment. I know. Um, so there are a bunch of connections here, by the way. I, I want to say what I've really learned through doing this is Finn is up there with, uh, with um, I almost said Kevin Costner. I don't know. No, I met <laughs> with um, Kevin Bacon, who this was originated with. With this is it's pretty easy, even if you don't know Finn's work, to connect him to things once you start playing and going through there. So this one I had a bunch. Uh, so let's see which one am I going to choose here? Okay, I'm going to choose the one because it 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 fits because of something I've been mentioning a lot. Okay, so Carrie, I'm using Carrie Elways. So Carrie Elways was in this movie called Being Charlie, which I've never seen, with Nick Robinson, who was in Love, Simon with Josh Dumel, who was in All My Children with Finn Whitrock. I mean, I don't remember if they were on at the same time, but Finn Whitrock got his one of his starts in All My Children so, <laughs> as a soap actor. So once again, give soap actors respect. So if you would like to play the audience version of Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock, which I know I have not done the promotion for this month, so I apologize, but this is going to be something we're doing every month. So even if I haven't done it this month, just know I, I will get back to it. In August, it'll be back to normal, everybody. <laughs> uh, but this month, let me head on over to our page here. And let you know, we are doing Dawson's Creek, Girlfriends, Thelma and Louise, and coming to America. And I just realized Carla is on all but one of these episodes. Because if you don't know, I select ones that we have covered before. And if you go to our website and you see these listed, you can highlight them, click on there, and it'll take you to the episode if you haven't listened to the podcast episode yet as well. Uh, but yeah, the only one Carla wasn't on was our Dawson's Creek episode. But our Dawson's Creek, ep Creek episode is a lot of fun. It's just me and Jackie. And if you have didn't see our Instagram post, Jackie surprised me with an amazing mug that says Dawson's Tears on it. Because if you didn't listen to that episode, you don't know, both Jackie and I are Pacey girls. And we do not like Dawson. And so it's pretty funny. Plus, you know, you've everyone's seen the gif of Dawson crying. <laughs> I mean, even if you haven't watched the show, everybody has seen that. So it's an amazing mug. So thank you again, Jackie. But if you want to play and connect Finn to those two shows and to those two movies, and also reminder, Girlfriends is the episode that gave birth to our unofficial mascot, Christian effing Bale, even though Christian effing Bale has nothing to do with the show, Girlfriends. But that's how this all came about. But if you want to connect Finn and have a chance to win some It's a Findom Thing merch, Head on over there to our website. It's a phantomthingpod.com. Click on the page that's literally titled Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. Submit your guesses there. And, and you have until July 31st to play July ver July's version. And then I will announce the winner in the first week of August. I know I haven't announced the winner for July. I apologize. It's been a crazy, crazy month. 
but I will get to you and I will let you know that you have won because I have selected the winner. I just haven't gotten around to notifying you yet, but we do have a winner for that one. But this has been a ton of fun and it's been a ton of fun talking about the Princess Bride. So thank you so much to my three amazing, beautiful panelists. So I'm going to go around and they can tell me where they can be found. And Carla can tell us where her wonderful podcast can be found as well. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she will. I don't know. Maybe. I'm being mysterious now. I'm being coy. (laughs) No, but yay. I get to talk about me. Uh, More specifically, I get to talk about the podcast that I share with Meg called Bedwater Behead Podcast. In it, we play FMK with three characters from your favorite shows and movies. We had planned to do books, but haha, reading. Who has time? Uh, You can find our podcast wherever you get fine podcasts. You can also... Well, don't go looking for it when you don't get fine podcasts. You won't find us there. You can also talk to us on Twitter at bed wet behead pod on instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod other blue social media just look for bed wet or bed podcast i will not direct you there because that crap (laughs) you can also find me and my art and my musings on twitter and instagram at carlatemis or my website carlatemis.com that's c-a-r-l-a-t-e-m-i-s dot com Thank you. Yes, Carla has learned that she has to say that. <laughs> I have to do it happy. right. <laughs> Just to make me happy. I don't care if the listeners watch <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, Danelle, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram at Draven Pearl. I'm not cool like the other cool kids. I don't have a podcast like all you guys. <laughs> but you're on a podcast. But I'm on a podcast and a very cool one at that. So thank you, Erin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me, Draven Pearl, um, on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you. And Paula. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's My Sandbox. Thank you. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest on this show, any of the actors in this film, I would love to have you on. Carrie Elways, you can come on and make us all swoon for a while. That would be awesome. (laughs) Head on over. Or Finn Whitrock, if you want to talk about The Princess Bride and swoon over Carrie Elways, you can also contact Erin on (laughs) itsafandomthingpod.com. Yeah, Finn, if you would like to come and swoon about Carrie Elways. I mean, who doesn't want to swoon about Carrie always? <laughs> I'm just saying it's a universal experience. Yeah. <laughs> so, Finn, you can come on. We can talk to you about your movies. We can talk about Magnolia. And then you, we can swoon over Carrie always for a little bit. <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, yes, but if you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show... Go to our website, as Carla said, it's a fandom thing pod.com and select the contact us 
button there that'll shoot us an email or you can email us directly. We do have some other additional emails. So we do have my email, Aaron at it's a fandom thing pod.com. You can also email info at it's a fandom thing pod.com or producer at it's a fandom thing pod.com. And that'll reach us. And one of us will get back to you and see about scheduling that and scheduling that swooning time. So Finnegan Whitrock, if you would like to come on and swoon, because that's my new favorite nickname for you that Susie came up with last week. Finnegan. I just love that. So (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a character that would be in one of these movies. So, you know, hey, it fits. (laughs) Carla's shaking her head at me. Um, On our next episode, we are wrapping up our four-part look at fantasy films from the 80s with a look at Willow. We have I've already recorded this one. I've already edited this one. <laughs> brag, <laughs> brag, brag. Episodes we have ever done. <laughs> and it's not an insult to the movie. It just happened to be a short <laughs> episode for us. Uh, it's under an hour. <laughs> that is so problematic, Aaron. <laughs> I can't believe you. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, so pretty soon all our episodes are going to be that short whether my panelists want it to be or not the outline is going to be like one thing Carla left but so that'll be out and then um, as a reminder if you're listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or Saturday or even Sunday we are headed to San Diego Comic Con so if you're going to be there try and find us try and find us (laughs) do a scavenger hunt to try and um, but I'll be out there. Aaron Amos is also going to be out there. We probably won't be together a lot, to be honest. Um, but I am hoping to get some good coverage in. Even if I don't, I do have some already interviews already lined up out there. And then I also have already recorded one inter- one set of interviews, which was really awesome. And I'm recording another set of interview, another interview this week. So we'll have plenty of interviews to be bringing you um, the following week after San Diego Comic-Con. But make sure to follow along with our social media on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to be doing some Instagram lives, like before we go, we can't record live during panels or anything. But I'll be doing some Instagram lives and stuff like that and updating people. And so will Aaron A, I believe, as well. So it should be a ton of fun. I'm very excited. I'm very nervous and I'm very overwhelmed, (laughs) but I mean that all in a good way. (laughs) So I'm excited to bring you all that coverage. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.